Tim Kiefer, MyBeatsOnline.com. Welcome to our Wednesday night meeting. It's, uh, let's see, it's March 16th, and we're talking some football. How about that? That's a lot of fun. That's what we're here to do. We, we do it here a lot, so we're, we're happy to be here. Once again, like I said, I'm Tim Kiefer, uh, president here of MIBTonline.com. We thank uh, everybody who is a member, all the new people here. We've got a lot of new people who have joined, so I appreciate the people who have. That's what we do here. We talk some football. Yeah, high school football, is a lot, it's a long way off. It is, but there's been some news in high school football. So it's kind of good to, uh, to, to talk about it and keep everybody's mind fresh, at least in the rule book a little bit. In fact, you know, a lot of the NCAA guys, they'll take a couple months off and then they'll start getting in the rule book. I know out here in the, I say this now in the Las Vegas area, out here, they're uh, doing some rules meetings and getting groups together for the NCAA guys. The NCAA guys have been doing this for a while, but as high school officials, it's important that we do it as well. So that way, just at least a little bit. You know, we're looking, we're looking for, you know, we're taking you from good to great. So we're looking for that little extra, that little, uh, that uh, just to spend an hour once a month here in the off season to kind of get freshened up on the rules. And we got a lot of rules and stuff to, to cover today. So. Uh, I want to bring in, without further ado, our guest or our, our panel. And they're, they're, they're not our, really our guests because they're always here. Here's our first guy, Mr. Bill Lamagne. Bill, how are you doing tonight? Good. You know, a little jet lag from uh, five days with the grandkids and flying back this afternoon, but ready to do some football. Yep, it sounds good. And I know uh, you uh, you got to spend some some quality time there. So that's a lot of, lot of fun with the grandkids. So also want to bring in one of our other guys and uh, – He's with us. He's going to be monitoring the chat, Mr. Robert Yabar. Robert, how are you doing today? You know, Tim, I'm doing great. I'm also reflecting from a year ago, we were gearing up for spring football, and the weather's been beautiful in Illinois, 70 degrees today, where I'm, I wish we did have spring football, to be honest with you. But at least we have MIBT football discussions tonight, so thank you for hosting yeah, that's the truth. You know, it's like, it's always, it's always Murphy's Law. So yeah, last spring was really cold. Now it's really warm. Hey, it's been 75 and sunny here, so I'm not going to complain. Um, anyways, here's Mike Billica as well. Mike, welcome to the uh, the program. Appreciate you uh, bringing in your Mickey Mouse ears with us. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm always glad to be here to uh, make us coast to coast. You know, we are fully across the country now that you're in Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, Las Vegas, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all the desert. It doesn't matter. It's all, it's all the same thing. It's all the same. So uh, appreciate everybody for being here. And uh, out there, we've got the, uh, the text line. You can uh, chat with us with Robert. Here is the text line. Well, there's Mike again. Let's, let's pull up the text line here. Here's the text line right there. So you can uh, pull that up. You can text us uh, right now if you have any questions or comments. We're going to try and do some stuff with the, the new rules today. I think we're going to go, well, I know we are. We're going to go a little bit into the new rules and looking forward to that. It's not going to be a comprehensive, like, diving in. It's going to be more, more of, a, of an overlook as to what is going on right now with the rules. So we'll get right, but before we do that, let's, I mean, we always kind of do this. We've, we've got you know, out of pocket. That's what we're calling this tonight. We got our announcements. Like I said, we're going to have the new rules. Uh, we're going to have the, we're going to, we're going to get into some plays too. So you don't want to go anywhere. We got to, we always have some plays to break down. So here are our announcements. 
All right, so baseball umpires, we're just starting the baseball season for you, for you baseball umpires. Hey, we got MLB World Series or MLB Umpire and World Series Umpire Sam Holbrook Fundamental Course. You want to check that out. If you are a member, you get to see that. If you're a subscriber, you get that. The course, don't um, sign up for the course. The course is uh, $29, but if you just want to see the videos, go to the baseball page. All the videos from Sam Holbrook are there on the baseball page. Uh, we also have the baseball clinic that's available to members. Go check that out. That's in the course section. And for softball umpires as well, we got a clinic there. Go check that out. Softball umpire clinic is available on the softball uh, on the course page, you, but it's available to you as a subscriber. Also, uh, basketball off-season training, we have that there as well. Basketball just ended. It just ended in Illinois, and uh, I think it's ending across the country, at least high school-wise. So same thing we do for football, we do for basketball. So if you happen to be a basketball official as well, go check out that off-season training. It's going to be there. Volleyball training coming soon. I keep saying that. I have it in the, in the hopper. That's a Vegas term for all you guys. I have it in the hopper. Hopefully uh, we'll get that up here soon. Uh, online fitness assessments. Some of you have taken advantage of that. You subscribers continue to do so. Bill Lamonti's best practices in the works. In fact, I'm getting on an aeroplane here in uh, about 48 hours or so, about 48, almost exactly 48 hours from now, I'm going to be flying back east to join my friend there, Mr. Bill Amagne, as uh, we discuss and do things for the best practices. You want to be standing by for that because that is coming, and as a subscriber, you're going to have access to all those videos. So how cool is that? That's coming your way. All right, so 2022 Federation New Rules. All right, what's the first one? This is, uh, we'll go wide on it. So, gonna, so the quarterback can now throw the ball away out of the pocket. Yes, that is a new rule this year for 2022 in high school football. But I've only seen like the press release. I haven't seen some of the integral parts of it. So maybe some of you have, but is it passer or QB or what? You know, the NCAA rules talks about if the, who gets that ability. So we're going to have to get some, some, some clarification. Maybe it's already out there, but until we see the rule book, some interpretations as to who gets that uh, ability to throw the ball away. Is it just the quarterback or the person who gets the ball? Is it the passer? Is it, if, it doesn't matter when that be, person becomes a passer. So there are some questions about this. Now, the lateral limits of it are also the, um, the tackle box or the, the free blocking zone. The lateral limits of the free blocking zone actually define what the pocket is in high school, believe it or not. Mechanics-wise, with five officials, it's going to create a little bit of um, some issues, possibly, but we've got you covered. We're going to break this down. We're going to go, Bill Amani and I are going to go through this on the best practices, but we're also going to break this down coming up, the mechanics on how to officiate this. Okay, so um, I don't want to do it now because we're not going to be snapping football here for another four months, five months. We want to get, we want to break that down when we get a little bit closer, but stay tuned. But that, these are some questions that we're going to have to ask in regards to this, these new rules and some of these new rules when they come out. Um, the chop block rule, they kind of, they removed the knee. And what that means is they've, they've now made it a high, low combination block, no delay, nothing like that. But it, there was something that referenced in the knee I always, if it was close, it was a chop block safety foul, but now they've taken out the knee. Now, now the other one, you can use the number zero. I mean, because this was a big rule. This was something that I think we all were excited to see that they put in, that it could actually use the number zero now. What does that mean? It's not, they're not a lineman. 
they are they fall within the non-Lyman category of zero. So for numbering exceptions or whatnot, but so you can use zero. There you go. A couple other things: the team box expansion. So this is the COVID rule, and now they have allowed that the the states can decide if they want more than 25 to 25, they can go whatever they want. So that's I call it the COVID rule. So see what your seat does. A uh, uh, clock would follow in the last two minutes of the half. It used to be that the team that was offended had the option of the clock, but they had to accept the penalty. Now they no, no longer need to accept the penalty. So you, that, that option, they just kind of added that, the option of whether you can, and remember, this is one that gets confused a lot. People think that they can start the clock if the clock was dead. If you have an incomplete pass, this rule doesn't matter in high school football. It does not matter. We don't have 10-second runoffs in high school. If you have an incomplete pass and the clock is dead or the ball got run out of bounds and the clock is dead, this rule doesn't come into play. This rule comes into play when the clock was running and the only reason the clock stopped was because of the penalty and you're going to start the clock on the ready. Now this rule can keep the clock stopped. There's not a rule in high school that ever starts the clock because of a penalty. So it's always the status of the ball that determines that. So just, just be very clear because people screw this one up all the time. They think they can, they can go both ways on it. But we'll get into that more, like I said, once we get a little bit closer to the season. 40-second play clock now for defensive fouls. So if you the defense fouls, they're going to let the, the play clock will go to 40 seconds. No different than if it was an injury, a helmet, defense. Now it's uh, for defensive fouls. And this is a crazy one. Um, any official can now change the ball. So there you go. For all you line judges out there, headlinesmen, back judges, if you want to change the ball, you can change the ball now. So Bill, I know, you know a lot of these are getting a little closer to college rules and this and that, but you can change the ball. I mean, Come on, when you were when you refereed in the Big Ten, and if I was your side judge, field judge, whatever line, and I came up and said, "Hey, we need to change the ball," or your umpire said, "Hey, we need to change the ball," would did you feel like you had to be in control of changing the ball? No, I never did. As a matter of fact, I probably would have never even rule, known if there was a rule or not. If you want to change the ball, we'll change the ball. End of discussion. Move on with life. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's a, it's a rule not in high school. Anybody can change the ball. But going back to the quarterback out of the pocket, obviously this is something that has been uh, talked about for many, many, many years. I mean, how many times have we had it in high school where the quarterback turns and throws and chucks it in the stands, and then when you talk to them and say, hey, I just got to follow you for intentional grounding, they look at you and go, oh, I was out of the pocket. What do you mean? So I think it's a good change because in the end, this is how it, it, they learn the game from the college and the pros and whatnot. And I think there is a safety aspect. But uh, what are your comments on it? Yeah, I think it's a good thing for, I mean, the high school game needs to remain the high school game. But this is a good rule for safety of quarterbacks or the passer, uh, depending how the rule ends up getting written. Uh, give them that opportunity to throw the ball away. Um, you get outside the pocket or whatever the uh, the zone and you, you launch it. Now I heard a couple of officials uh, on a, uh, a chat I was on, they were complaining that the crew of five, you know, how are we going to know as a wing official that the ball crossed the line of scrimmage? And I said, well, you needed to know that anyway, because you needed to know whether or not there was OPI or whether there was an OPI. 
So, you know, to me, mechanically, that's not adding anything in terms of responsibility for the officials. Uh, the key thing will be is just get used to the um, communication, recognizing the, the, the play and letting your referee know that, uh, hey, the ball, the ball made it back to or beyond the line of scrimmage. So um, and, and learning some of the philosophies that we use with that. Give it the benefit of the doubt. Don't nitpick it. Uh, if he throws it, at least a college rule, if he throws it and it crosses behind the line at the sideline but would have continued across the line of scrimmage, it's a good throwaway. We're just trying to let him play another down without getting hit, and that's the simplicity to it. Well, and, and I that's why I was saying that we're going to really kind of break down the mechanics because I don't think it's as hard as people – are making it because if you look at it you're going to roll the quarterback to have this rule in effect you're going to roll one way or the other so that means one wing official and a five person the short wing the only wing becomes the offside official they become the backside official what else are they going to do hold the line and you can help from the backside and 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 i i mean we'll go into it because it i think it would be better to show on, on using play examples but i, I don't think it's going to be as hard as maybe people are thinking it's going to be. If, but probably the people who are still in that mindset of where when they see pass, they go. And, you know, we've been trying, we've been preaching against that for a long time, the pause, read, react thing instead of just go. So I, I don't think it's going to be as difficult as, as some think. I mean, what do you think? No, I, I don't think so either. Um, it would just be interesting to see now, will they, will they say it has to be the person who uh, handled the snap? Uh, that is the only person that can do it, or will it be any passer? So, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if at the high school level, if they said any passer. No, I, it, it Tim, probably would. Go ahead, Robert. Tim, yeah, Brian from Anchorage, Alaska, Brian Hoskins has uh, chimed in, and I'd like to share uh, what he's uh, been privy to since he has a great position up there in Alaska. Yeah, please, he please tell what is Brian. I was hoping, I wasn't sure if Brian was going to be here, but yeah, he was in the meeting, so go for it. No, this is very insightful because obviously we're all learning here in the beginning, and, and it is defined as a passer, so not necessarily the player who receives the initial snap. So it is the passer. A few other elements that uh, Brian has shared with us is that the boundaries of the, the free blocking zone, of course, are established at the snap. But at any time, if, if uh, the ball actually goes outside those boundaries during the course of the play, and then the player who ultimately throws the pass comes back within, then that criteria has met. But of course, the ball still has to clear the uh, original line of scrimmage. So these are some wonderful elements that Brian has shared with us that I thought I would pass along. No, I appreciate it. And that's, you know, that's similar to the college rule. Once you take one, once you're out, you're out, you know, type of thing. And if you go back, it doesn't. But that's why I want to break it down more so when we get close to the season because there's going to be a lot of intricacies of, of mechanics. And, you know, I'm good that he clarified the passer because that is different. You know, that differentiates a little bit from the, from the college rule in regards to who can, you know, who gets that protection or who gets that ability. I guess not protection. But, but so I do appreciate uh, – Brian chiming in on that. So we'll, we're definitely going to break this one down more. But Robert, you're on the you're on the chat, you're on the text. What are well, first, what's your personal opinion on this? This is a rule that we've talked about for a while. And we're going to I want to get Mike's opinion as well cuz this is a biggie. I think this is obviously going to lead the, you know, this is the headline grabber of the rule changes this year. What's your opinion on it or have you heard anything from from the group out there? 
I'm happy to say I'll be entering my 32nd season as a football official. And I can honestly say with 100% confidence that each and every season I get challenged on this rule. So, so coaches, players, sometime throughout the season, someone believes that this rule is in fact in place, even spectators. So I'm 100% in favor because there is an expectation that a passer is able to legally throw the ball away if it breaks the line of scrimmage. So I'm 100% in support of this decision. As far as what our, our viewers saying, likewise, they are extremely embracing this, uh, just, just like we all are. Uh, we think it's a healthy change for safety uh, amongst all things. No, I mean, safety, I, I don't disagree. And I was expecting them to do something else with the offense or with the defense to kind of counter it because that's kind of sometimes how the uh, NC or how the, the Federation Rule Committee is, as Brian can attest to sometimes, that they need to balance it out. But So I was, I was thinking the two-point conversion was going to be live. I thought that was going to be the, the, the give and take, but I guess not. So, Mike, you know, you've been doing this for a long time as well. I mean, what's your thought? Um, well, I'm really curious if they're going to adopt the philosophy that we see at the college level where uh, illegal downfield is, is, is ignored on the play where the quarterback legally throws the ball away. Um, that's just one more thing that a wing official has to be mindful of, but at the college level, the wing official can ignore. Well, yeah, I mean, that's another part. That's why, like I said, I, I'm glad to, to talk about some of the new rules, and I'm glad to, that Brian, like I said, chimed in, but... We just want to introduce them tonight. I mean, it's March, and there's a long way to go in some of their interpretations. And as Mike and I'm sure Robert and even Bill know, and Brian, because it depends on the interpretation of a state. A state might decide to, to go one way or the other and interpret, you know, their interpreter has it one way. And, and so we try to give the best practices here, and that's what we're doing. So uh, hopefully it'll be fun. I mean, any of the other rules, I, I'm going to, I'll throw it back to to Robert here real quick. Robert, you know, any you, you've seen those rule changes. Any of the other rule changes that I mean, they seem all minor, more more of a administrative type thing, chop block thing, a little bit more safety, a little bit more defined. But did, from when you read it, was there anything that jumped out at you uh, that that was significant, or any of our viewers, or maybe even Brian's got some more comments? Yeah, we'll we'll wait to see some viewers see if they have comments. But I do like uh, removing the knee. Of word from the the rule definition be, because I've I've been in rooms where officials have discussed well was it below the knee at the knee above the knee you know what we're, let's talk about safety we always talk about airing on safety but so let's let's get that word out so I love that I love I love that approach you know as as far as the other uh, rule changes you know I I'm a hundred percent in favor of you don't have to accept the penalty. Uh, in the last two minutes, that's always been another element of confusion. It always seems like we have to go explain it to the coach. So they truly understand if, if you want this, uh, the clock to stop, you know, we need to accept that penalty. Man, let's, let's, let's remove People, The coaches are more sensitive to the clock status, and now they have more of an intuitive response dealing with what's most advantageous on, on the, you know, the foul occurrence. So I'm, I, I love that. I love almost everything, except when you mentioned Tim COVID. I, I, when are we going to get out of that word? I, I, I hope we don't you know, embrace that in our vocabulary for, for years to come. Sad to say it may happen, but 
that's the only thing that got my skin boiling a little bit. Tim, well, and, and, and I did editorialize a little bit. Nobody said the word COVID or anything, but they did kind of mention the, the change. But that is a COVID rule. I mean, 25 no, to 25. I and I wonder if Brian might have some more, more insight as to why they, I'm sure it's just from a safety standpoint. They just want to continue on. And, and But I mean, come on, we're, we're letting the coaches go far enough. I mean, I know in the NCAA, they, they, they're continuing to keep that extension of the sidelines and i get it it's it's here but whatever you know it's like okay they're already yelling at us right well but one thing i do want to say when, when we're and i know we're going to be ending the segment on the new rules is uh there was a couple shout outs to mike thanking mike for bringing up that element about ineligible players being downfield on a passer legally you know throwing the ball um out of bounds uh beyond the line of scrimmage because Again, that's something that we haven't really even considered. It's interesting to these officials viewing tonight. It's something I know you and Bill are going to delve into uh, in our training. But thank you, Mike, for bringing up some of those intricacies when we talk about these new rules because it does get more in-depth than just on the surface. Absolutely, and that's why it was very important to say earlier that this is just an overview because, I mean, I know what my philosophy is. I know what Bill probably thinks. I know maybe what Mike, but I, but I don't know if that's what the Federation or the people who are in charge of that are going to say. Because I know I, if, if I got ineligibles downfield and that ball is being thrown away, they're giving up the down. We're going to, you know, we're going to ignore it. But maybe not. Maybe, in, maybe we're going to not ignore it. You know, so that's why I don't want to give anybody any definitive stuff. When we get a little bit closer, we get a little bit more clarification. That's what we're going to do. So, uh, um, before we end this, just uh, real quick, gonna gonna throw it back to uh, going throw it back to Mike. Mike, uh, you know, he, he got the shout out, but uh, anything that stood out to you from the rules changes, whatnot, that you you thought good, bad, and different from the high school side? Well, I really like the way that they simplified the uh, chop block rule. I think that's going to help uh, help our umpires out a lot that are trying to make those difficult calls. Um, I also like the fact that they that this intentional grounding. You know, we see it. Uh, we are. I think it's also going to permit a halfback pass play to be thrown away. It's going to it's going to protect all, a lot of skill position players. I think I, I do like that role because uh, not a lot of teams have depth behind their uh, top one or two skill position players. No, you're right. And in high school, you, you can see that good. You know, you're good skill. You lose a skill player, and it can cost you the game sometimes. And I mean, not that it, even at the higher levels, but. Uh, last, uh, Robert, any uh, last ch- uh, tax chats, anything we want to add before we move on to some of our plays tonight? Yeah, I think everyone wants to go to the plays, but there is one viewer, and I'm, and I'm just going to give respect. Why in the hell would an official want to remove a ball? I can give one example just by a simple question. If the ball's deflated, you know, let's kick that puppy out. Tim, you can give another example, but that would be a reason why. No, but that that's happened. Didn't that happen to us in a state final game? It, the ball just, we were like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's I was the referee. It does, it does happen. So it's kind of, but I was kind of being facetious about it because as officials, I mean, if I, if I walked up with it, I'm the referee. No, I didn't approve that. But you better play with that flat ball. I mean, it's just kind of funny. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, but it's a rule. It's a rule change. And so now we're there. We're, you know, that's, it's, a, it's legal now to anybody change the ball. What I want you to do is focus in on the center. So we can see the play is already is, is already going, and it might be an NFL play. It doesn't really matter. But, but from a high school standpoint, I want you to focus in on the center because this play, if you can see what happens, 
it's a botched field goal attempt. So now the ball is, is you know, running around on the ground, and there's a lot of action going on. So if you watch the center, so we have numbering exceptions, remember, in high school football. We can, and, and those numbering exceptions can take place, you know, only at certain times and only under certain uh, conditions. And we, we've broken down this, go back and look, we'll, we'll you know, break down the, we broke down this rule. I think we did a whole, a whole meeting on this rule. But basically, scrimmage kick formation, if it's first, second, or third down, it can only be the center. If it's fourth down and you've got somebody in position to take the snap uh, or take the, a holder in position or at, at uh, seven yards, or you have a, somebody in position to, to catch a ball as a punter at 10 yards, then it qualifies as a scrimmage kick formation. So this qualifies as a scrimmage kick formation. So you do have potential numbering exceptions. So let's just watch the rest of this play. So you'll see it's kind of a fire drill and the center I don't know if you see it on there. He's kind of sneaking out. Now, this ends up being caught for a touchdown because this is a field goal attempt. So, but my question is, is that now, like I said, this could be an NFL play. I, I mean, it's, it was kind of grainy, so I wasn't sure. It looks like the officials are from the NFL. But, you know, he might have reported. It doesn't really matter for, for, for our discussion purposes tonight. The, my question is, is that who's watching you know, this is a crew of seven or, or, or eight, or doesn't matter. But if we have a crew of five, who's watching this center? And who's going to pick up on this when this center sneaks out? Because he's now wearing number 42 or 41. And now you've got a touchdown on the play. And it is technically not a touchdown because, obviously, well, it shouldn't be because you've got the uh, center who is ineligible by position, maybe eligible by number catching the pass so bill i'm going to go to you here real quick so numbering exceptions and plays like this really challenge us as officials because it's like a fire drill it's everybody's running around we don't see it very often and then it happens and we kind of forget our basics what are some what are some things that you did with your crew to make sure on a play like this before or you know in a pregame or whatever that we didn't lose the focus and maybe forget a guy or miss a guy sneaking out well one of the things is it starts before the game was that when i would do the visit with the uh, head coach and the umpire would be with me one of the questions i had was about numbering exceptions now i know at the high school level it may not be as solid who's, who those players are going to be for exceptions as it might be at the college level where it, it's designated way ahead of time. But if you can get those numbers ahead of time from the coach and put them on your game card, um, and then when it comes time for one of those plays, uh, whether it's the umpire or whether it's the other deep official that's up with them, um, you need to scan for those people and see where they're at. Uh, so, you know, be, that awareness has to be there. You can't go to sleep on it. Uh, you, 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 can't, um, you can't get uh, lax. So, you, you know, reference, reference that card. And then sh share it, too, with the wing official. Uh, the wing official might be the one that sees, sees that guy slip behind your back as an umpire or the deep wing. So um, it, it's, a, it's a communication thing, but it can start before the game. 
and start getting our coaches in the habit of telling you before the game who the numbering exceptions are going to be. Well, and you're right. At the high school level, sometimes they don't know even who the captains are. I mean, like you'll walk up and they'll be like, um, I don't know who the captain is today. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's Johnny or maybe Bobby. So, I mean, they're not going to know. I mean, but, but my, my point is that you're, you're absolutely correct. Like when, if you can get those numbers before the game or know or watch them, you know, in the pregame, but what happens, and, and I'll, I'll throw this one over to Robert because Robert being, being the back judge extraordinaire, you know, Robert, you might see this guy sneak out and go, where the heck did 41 come from? And it, when you see it initially, you're like 41 legal number, but not knowing you know, you might have that numbering exception, but you know, we're not, we might not have time to pull out the card or whatever during the play, and then maybe we have to, like, peel it back. And he didn't catch the ball. That's the other thing. He didn't catch the ball. The guy who catches the ball is really easy. Oh, wait, he's ineligible. But, like, you see this as a back judge. You know, how are you going to communicate with your crew as to try to catch it? Because I think you guys had a similar play happen on your crew in the, in the, in the last fall, right? Yeah, we did. It was, it was a scrimmage kick play, and uh... – you know, where we did have numbering exceptions. And it was a situation where a pass was thrown to a, a, a player who was legal by number, but he was illegal by position. And uh, and then there was also a turnover involved afterwards where he, the, this player who ultimately was legal by number, but illegal by position, catches a pass, advances, fumbles, and then we have a change, change of uh, possession. So to answer your question, it did happen. And we need to slow down as officials to gather information, ask the appropriate questions. And we learned as a crew, too, from that game forward, and that happened to be in week one on a Saturday, to, just like Bill said as a best practice, document who are the numbers for each special team, whether it be a scrimmage kick formation on, for, a, for a punt or a scrimmage kick formation for a field goal attempt. By documenting that now you can, when we have our huddle to discuss, we, we have more information on record to determine what player possessed the ball and, and what, what we can define from our record keeping on whether or not we can drop a, a, a flag late, which is still accept, acceptable. As a back judge now, going back to your original question, I do identify who my key is at the snap. And I, I vocalize to myself loud enough that I can hear myself say who the numbers are relative to my key and the defender number. And then when I see a, another player other than that receive a pass into the zone in which I'm responsible for, I have to identify where did that player come from? And I may need to communicate with the crewmate. Where did, where did he 41 come from? That's what I would do as far as the question I would bring to the table. And hopefully that would jar some discussion so we get the play right, Tim. And that's something I know I need to work on as well. Well, Tim, can I add, yeah. add something to that? Sure. Go, Bill. Uh, one difference that I want you to distinguish between the punts and the field goal attempts or a PAT, when they're trying for points with a PAT or a field goal, they'll have, they, if they have a numbering exception, 99 times out of 100, it's only going to be the center. They have the big boys in there. Good the point. Block. You know, the guard, the tackle. The center, the center for the could be the long snapper, could be uh, an eligible number. But that one should stand out and jump out quick as anything. Okay. Uh, but when it comes to punts, that's where you're liable to have more people on the line of scrimmage who have eligible numbers in an ineligible position. 
because they're trying to get the quick. They want the punt to get off, and they want people to get downfield to make a tackle. So you, on punt plays, you're going to have more potential for the numbering exception than you will on a field goal PAT kick. No, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. And going back to Robert, because I know, Robert, we talk about you as a back judge. If I'm underneath, if I'm the line judge or the linesman and I'm underneath with you and we're looking out, we're on a field goal because exactly what Bill said, usually you got the big boys in, but you got a couple different, maybe the center only. But I've got, I got number 32 and number 24 are eligible. you got number 15 and number 82. And now if 41's out there, that was not in that initial cadence that we called out the, you know, uh, before and before you know, even the play starts. Because, and it doesn't even matter who's on the card at that point because you're looking at the formation and the two of us underneath the, the goalpost are going, all right, these are two or these are one. We've seen formations where there's not one. There might be a lineman on the end. And we go, okay, it's only number 22. And, and then, you know, I know like in, in Illinois and some other states where they'll put one under for really long field goals, I mean, you just got to do that mentally for, for yourself. That's correct? That's, that's 100% correct. No, that, that, that's the best practice. So, yeah, we do. And, and we do that. Uh, we do vocalize our numbers of eligibility on the PAT attempts. Depending on where the field goal is, is kicked from, that may be, it may be difficult because in a five-man mechanics, it's only the back judge back there if it's outside 25, of course. But uh, needless to say, yes, Tim, we do that. Yeah, like you, you could be like Michigan, and you'll see some of that where they put the umpire underneath. I know a lot of states do that. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of states, you know, change it up. I think even in here in, uh, in Nevada, they, they'll do that from time to time. They'll put the umpire underneath but not authorized in all states so just do what your states tell you to do so that's the most important thing all right we're going to move on to our next play here and we'll uh we'll go wide on this play so this is going to take place i'm going to pull down the text number so you can get a full view of this um this is a play i got from tiktok which is pretty interesting there's a lot of great stuff out there so here you go you're gonna it's gonna happen at the bottom of the screen so you'll see the quarterback rolls out and just a pass. Now the offensive player is behind the defensive player. Defensive player has inside position. He goes over the top. And then, look, he's a pretty big big kid, big, strong kid. And he takes it on in for a touchdown. I'll let you show. I'll, I'll, run, that, I'll run that through again. You'll see defender, he kind of goes over. Uh, you know, not really joint possession. And then he takes the ball and continues to run. So my question and I think I'm going to, I'll bring in Mike on this one because I, I want to get Mike's opinion first. You know, it's always, always trying to uh, go that route so everybody gets a free shot. So, Mike, OPI, DPI, survival of the fittest. I mean, if this was reversed, if that was the defender going over for the interception, would you have something different? What's your thought? Um, I would support OPI on this call um, because I think it OPI, I think you could also have this playing through the back of the defender who was in position and has every right to try to catch the pass. Um, I probably wouldn't throw on it, though. I think uh, I think this receiver was playing the ball, um, but I think he did contact the defender a bit early. Oh, oh I, well, Mike, I, I like that take. Okay, first you're like, okay, I could see OPI. But I wouldn't call. Why wouldn't you call it? Why wouldn't you call it? Um, 
Well, because I think that the uh, that the receiver made a very athletic play. I think he managed to possess the ball above the level of the arms and hands of the defender. So I think um, I think it, I, I, I you know basically what I have called a rebounder for this foul for going over the back. Probably not. No, in basketball. No, that, so that's I, a very, I think in the same way. I think I think I wouldn't call it here. That's a very good analogy. I mean, I'm going to go to the still. There's the still. Now we can always slow it down. My my, and I'm going to I'm going to bring Robert back in on this one. Then I'll let Bill Bill chime in. So you see it there. There there's the still. Now Robert, okay. Yeah. Here's your still. You're the back judge looking at this from an angle, and yeah. I and and so same question. OPI DPI now, but then also if it was reversed, if that was the defender, would you have defensive pass interference the other way? If it so, just go. You know, what do you got? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna officiate this play, and then I'll go to hypotheticals. I'm officiating this play, and the play is live. I do not throw my flag. And uh, that's my answer. And if you want an explanation on why I'm not throwing on it, very similar to what Mike said, but my approach on this play is that that uh, player uh, played the ball, one, two, elevated to a higher point to retrieve the ball. So I'm not going to penalize him for his athleticism. Did he make contact with his opponent? Yes. Did that impede that opponent from getting to the ball no the uh, the player who who caught the pass earned it he went to go get it so that's why i'm justifying my decision and in that's how i earn my paycheck okay there may be officials that disagree with me but that's just well, the type of game i call that okay? okay let's i mean i'm gonna throw a text number back up there so people can uh, maybe agree or disagree with you on that i'll give you my opinion here in a minute but let's bring in mr lamagne Mr. Lemagne, I know you don't get to rule much on these anymore, but uh, if you were uh, if you were in the spot for this one, what would you what do you got? Well, you know, once the ball's in the air, you know, the more pass interference gets called on the defense than it does the offense, and that's probably because the offense knows the routes and where the ball's going uh, more than the defense does. But at the same time, once it's in the air, if the rights are the same, if I have position. I have position. You can't play through my back um, athletically or anything else to, to, to get to the ball if, you're, if you restrict me or impede me. So, you know, the decision you have to make on this one is, was the, um, in this case, the defender, was he impeded? Was there a restriction? Was there an advantage, disadvantage due to the contact? Uh, touching itself isn't a foul, but uh, if he just jumps up high enough and he gets to the ball first, he's good. But if this is prohi- prohibiting the defender from going up this contact, then it's OPI. So, so Bill, that's funny because my take on it, and I'm actually going to use I'm going to use uh, Mike's analogy. I'm going to go back to it. So, see if it, looking at it from the side here. Now, still we have this great advantage of looking at it from the still. It's it. If that was a rebounder going for the ball on a basketball, that that is uh, that's not verticality. Okay, that's uh, he's not in his plane. I'll come back to you, Mike. I see you right there. He's not in his plane there, and so so I you know I if I'm gonna use that standard, and I mean it's a good I I don't mind that at all. I was great to point that out, but I think if if we're gonna like you said, Bill, if we're going to call this 
DPI, we can put it in a category, you know, not, you know, playing the, the ball, but not or playing through the back, not, you know, early contact, whatever category that we, we want to put it in, then I, I could, we got to go OPI if that's the case. Now, uh, to all respect to, to Robert and Mike, you know, they, they say they see a great athletic play here. They don't, this doesn't fall into a category for them. They're not going to call. I, I mean, I look at it. I'm like, I, I just don't know if, uh, if I'm, if I'm comfortable not calling this OPI personally. Well, you know, the thing is I did basketball for eight years and, and that kind of, and I thought, well, I didn't do it long enough to Mike, Mike probably knows what he's talking about more than me, but but that's what I, when he's brought up basketball, I'm saying, that's over the back. <laughs> that's over the back. <laughs> you know, but then again, I, I gave up basketball because I passed the sanity test. Uh, so I couldn't do it anymore. But, well, um, yeah. you know. Well, Mike, so, all right, Mike. I'm going to bring I, you back in, Mike. Mike's, Mike's coming back in. Mike, what do you got? Speaking of going over the back, there has to be significant contact that restricts the defender. So I'm, I'm looking for that defender to be pushed forward to be unable to reach upward. Um, what I notice about the defender in the still is I can see it better than I could at full speed, but I do see the <laughs> defender's arms sort of horizontally reaching forward. I think if I had the angle and he was unable to reach up for the ball, then I'm with you, Tim. I think, I think that is a restriction. He needs to be able to at least try for the ball. And if that, if that contact is enough that he's unable to reach upward, um, yeah, it should be a foul. I think it's a great athletic play. I'm not taking anything away from that. I mean, it's really, it really is. But like I said, it's like what to Bill's point, athleticism or not, if it is, it is. Um, all right, Robert, I can see you. Right, what do you got, buddy? All right. Well, we have viewers that are coming in there saying OPI, OPI. They're hearing us, though. They're hearing our arguments, and then now they're coming with decisions. They were late in sharing their judgment calls. And, uh, and I get it. You know, once, once we can talk it through, in live in a game this this is where i want to put ourselves at and challenge ourselves okay live in a game we get we get to see it at one speed and it, it comes back to a philosophy that's something that i hold very true and dear and john o'neill has said it once in the coa meeting and i hold it you know in my philosophy and that is love your flag i make mistakes every game and there are times when I don't throw my flag because I didn't love it. I can sleep at night, right? But there are times in my career where I did throw my flag and I didn't love it. And then I have no video evidence to support my flag and I can't sleep at night. I don't know if that's complicated in the way I explained it, but that's how I approach the game. Needless to say, we are getting paid to make a judgment call and we get one shot at it, and that's the reason why I argued the position that I gave earlier. So that's, that's my last comment. No, that's, I, I appreciate that very much. You're right. And, and I'm a, it's a bang-banger. You know, I'm just, it, these are fun ones to talk about. That's why we're, it's, we're talking about it in March. You know, it's, it, and, and that's, so if it happens, you're going to, in your game, you're going to already have it, you're going to already have gone through mentally, and whether you go one way or the other, at least you're there. It doesn't surprise you. It doesn't jump out at you. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. And one last, one last thing, Tim. You know, we we as experienced officials know this. If 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 this is a play in the fourth quarter, and we had an OPI earlier in the game, and, and I know Bill may start coming in on this too. But the, the, what what I'm trying to say here, with these stumbling words, is what was the flow of the game? What did we call during the game? 
what are we calling consistency during the game? I know we're supposed to take each play isolated on its own merit. At the same time, what did we let go earlier? What are we letting go now? What did we call tight earlier? What are we calling tight now? And, and the only reason why I bring this up because it, that's, that keeps it in context a bit for me as well. If I had a wing officials that's banging OPIs on one side of the field and we have a situation here and we pass on it, holy cow, shame on me, man. We had an opportunity to uh, come across as being consistent and that's something that we need to be conscious of anyhow. No, I think that's, you know, consistency is, is, is key and having that ability to, to, you know, the flow of the game. I, I don't disagree with that. So, Bill, uh, bringing you back in here, obviously, you know, we're talking about Bill Monty's best practice, the video we're going to do, and the theme this year is, you know, you know the call and make the call. I think we're going to call it, uh, the title of it's going to be um, uh, the call, or the, the call stands, or, or we're going to come up with something. But, like, that kind of goes in the, into the uh, um, themes of what we're trying to get across about, you know, making a call. And, and, and obviously on a play like this, you make the call, right? Yeah, I mean, if this is your zone, your angle, you make a call. Now the thing that we will be emphasizing is, all right, so you, you didn't put a flag down. Somebody else does. Um, what's the discussion going to be? How will we resolve it? That I say it's not OPI, you say it is, or vice versa. How do, how do we resolve that? Um, and that's an important part to it. But but there's nothing wrong with recognizing you had doubt on the play. And if you had doubt and somebody else didn't, then let the guy take responsibility for the call who doesn't have doubt. No, I, I don't. Chinks in the armor, right? Chinks in the armor. <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. Let, me, let me comment on that because I, I love that. There, there are viewers that are commenting, well, this, this uh, flag better be coming from the wing if there's a flag at all. Okay, that's, that's what a couple of viewers are saying. You know, it is all about angles. There's no doubt. Sometimes, though, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? So just because an official may be closer to the, 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 the play in, in subject may not necessarily be the best official with the angle. So that's something where, you know, we have to recognize as a crew, if, if I was the back judge in this play and I had a wing official throwing the flag, I would come in. I certainly wouldn't pull them off wouldn't pull them off because I was in fact digesting the, the situation personally myself. So that's a situation where maybe I would reinstore confidence with my wing and say, I, I see why you call that. Uh, I'm glad you had the angle for that. You know, I would reinforce yeah. confidence to, uh, you know, to, to let everyone know that, Hey, Pilsen, he's not on an Island. At least, <laughs> at least I'm not pulling them off. Okay. Crew. Right. Key zone ball. And that's important to remember. We go with our keys. Then we go to the zone and then we go to the ball. And the back judge in this case would be going to the ball. So if the back judge has the angle and calls it, yeah, it would be the line judge's opportunity to pull him off it. In fact, we're going to run through this one last little part of this because you, because you brought it up, Robert. You're the back judge. I'm the line judge, okay? You throw on it. I, as the back or as a line judge, come in. I know it's reverse of what we thought, but still, whatever. I, as a line judge, come in and say, no, Robert, he was clean. He went over the top of him. I saw it, blah, 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 blah. I, I mean, and I'm taking you off, right? Kind of what, like you. what Bill said. I am Now I am taking responsibility. I'm pulling you off of that, right? Yeah, and are you the wing on the offensive sideline? 
Probably. I'll have to deal with it. Yeah. I'll, or, or no, we'll let Mike deal with it. Mike will be, Mike's working on the other sideline. He'll get to, he'll get to deal with it. You know, so cause, right. cause I pulled exactly. you, I pulled you off. All right, let's go. Let's go to our, uh, our next play here. All right. We're going wine on this play and here we go. It's uh, you can see where our in shotgun. Now watch the guy in motion, the guy in motion from the right. Okay. He gets the ball tossed to him. And now the ball is on the ground. The ball is actually up here in the front. I don't know if you can see it. It kind of, you kind of lose the ball, but here it is. It's kind of a catch by the quarterback and then a toss forward. And now the ball is on the ground and it looks to be like the defense recovers and we'll see it one more time here. Here we go. He tosses boom, boom. We, we kind of lose the ball, but my, my point on this play is I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, care about whether we lose, you know, lose the ball. I want to go philosophy because in the end, and I'm going to start with you, uh, or I'll start with you, Robert. I'll come back to you in a second. Cause in the end, I want to know, are we going to treat this one the same way we're going to treat, you know, a, a catch, no catch anywhere else in the field, even though it's a toss, it looks like it might be, it's underhand toss. I think sometimes we might as officials delineate, but should we, Robert, should, should, how should we rule on this? Should we rule this the same as we would rule any other catch, no catch in the field. Yeah. Boy, I have a lot, I have a lot on my mind on this. I just, I just saw this for the first time. Second down. I see the umpire coming in with the clock stopper. Okay. Uh, so, so mechanically, you know, I'm, I'm observing that as a crewmate. Now, as far as philosophy, whether or not okay, we, we do have a forward pitch, which by definition is considered a pass. So I love it when coaches in the pregame do bring this up and say, hey, listen, we have a play where we're going to have the quarterback toss forward. And if that hits the ground, uh, we, we want that to be viewed as an incomplete pass. I love it when coaches are informed and aware of play situations. And then that would be something I would share with the entire crew. Hey, the crew meant or the coach mentioned uh, to us during the pregame that they have a play designed. And if the ball is, hits the ground, he, he, wa he wants to make sure that he knows that's intended as a forward pass. We should not be surprised by this. So Tim, to answer your question, incomplete pass, because I deem that as a forward pitch. Incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. Let me go to Mr. Incomplete himself. Uh, Bill Amanye, Bill, you know, to Robert's point, you know, it's nice to know that these things are coming in the pregame, but in the end, we should rule this the same way we would if we were to rule it downfield. I mean, if it, 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 it's got to be clear, we don't want cheap turnovers. This is a forward pass, right? Yeah. He, if you're going to say it's a completed forward pass and a fumble, you're saying he owned the football and he didn't own the football. So, you know, it's not about, about when we say what's the difference between control and possession, possession means you owned it. And that's not ownership. He just borrowed it. <laughs> He just, he just borrowed went. it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He just borrowed it, and and I I just think it's important. I wanted to point this play out because, or and bring it up because in the end, I think this crew might have gotten blinded by the fact that it was in the backfield, and maybe it looked like it looks because you know what? It looks like it smells like a fumble. You know, it, it has all the the you know the the makings of a fumble. But in the end, it is just a simple forward pass that was just tossed underhand instead of like this. And I think sometimes as officials, we lose that focus because we're, 
it's that deer in the headlights look again. It's like, holy crap, what just happened? Ball's on the ground. I got to rule something. Oh, oh, oh. You, know, you come in and rule it. I mean, when, I mean, sometimes we run into that, right, Bill? Yeah, and, and put it in the end even though it wasn't in the end zone, put it in the end zone. You'd want that to put six points on the board? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh, no. That's no, a game changer. You know. Jeez. Right. No. Exactly. Ownership is ownership. Not, I'm not renting. I'm not borrowing. You're not renting. You're not borrowing. All right, Mike, your turn. What do you got? That's an incomplete pass, and I think it really illustrates how the wing official's job is a very difficult one. Um, we have a lot to watch pre-snap. We have a lot to watch post-snap. It also indicates why you need to read, react, and hold the line of scrimmage. You know, we could. this could have been a play where we had our key drive downfield. Um, you know, we could have had linemen not go downfield. So we might have read pass, and the old adage is to take off. Um, you know, with the new mechanics that you guys preach, and I think that, that we also preach in Connecticut, is hold because nobody else is going to see this but somebody from the sideline looking in. Um, you're not really going to be able to see this from the umpire position. The referee is probably going to be blocked out as well. You can see neither the referee or the umpire really had the ball the entire time. Um, so a wing official needs to come in and uh, give the result of the play. Kind of funny. Uh, a very similar play happened to me many, many years ago, and the back judge came in and ruled it incomplete because he, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. He had the perfect view of it. I was trailing it as a referee. I didn't know how the ball got out. And he saw it. He came in. We, we did it late, but in the end, we got the call right. So, I mean – yeah, you know, the wings should help, but if anybody sees this as a forward pass, we could we can fix this one. This is one of those we can fix. So, Robert, I'm going to go to you. I know there's probably people who have said something about this. What do you got, Robert? Yeah, it, you know, I'm very pleased to say that all viewers unanimously have an incomplete pass, which is fantastic. You know, going yeah. to your point, though, Tim, where, you know, I've only really heard from two officials in my career where they said, oh, the play opened to me, the play opened to me, you know. And, and sad to say, those two officials are no, are no longer officiating football. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, when, when you have, you know, this is, this is like a, it's, it's rare. When, when, if you're the back judge making a call from behind the line, now I'm 100% with you. If you see it, you know, and, and well, it's a whale, well, make the call. And you, you know, know what? He, he's no longer officiating either, by the way, which is kind of funny. But here's the thing is that he didn't come up and rule it incomplete. Like he didn't come running in like from the back judge position. Okay. He came in and he came right to me. And he's like, Tim, I have this as an incomplete forward pass. He pitched it forward. I saw it clear. And then I came out and ruled Beautiful. it incomplete. Because Man, of the that's, that's, that's MIBT right there, Tim. Exactly. Beautiful. Because he, I got the information. It was my call. Yes. Quarterback, my call. I came out ruled it incomplete so that's where right and that's would be the the preferred way in a situation because like you said it's like you got a guy <laughs> you know you got the guy the referee from the stands who like on that i remember on one of the uh videos we showed from mike when he unfortunately had that uh you know the incident with lots of players and people where the guy comes the official comes running out of the stands to help break up the fight but i mean we don't want you know we don't want that but in this case where that would be a perfect example of how how to handle a situation like that so and, and i'm going to reinforce it because you know in all sincerity this is a golden nugget tonight you can save the crew without wearing the cape right 
You come in strong yeah. as an official, relay information on what you have, and then you don't have to be the savior by no means, but you certainly brought in positive information, and that's what MIBT is all about, and that's a golden nugget I'm going to go to bed with. Thank you. All right. Hopefully uh, everyone's going to go to bed because it's about time to go to bed, even though it's not go time to go to bed here in uh, – it's time to go to bed where Mike's at. It's not time to go to bed where I'm at. But anyway, it's been a great meeting. Like I said, we don't want to take too much of your time on a March night. You know, March Madness is getting ready to go. So uh, we're going to cut everybody loose. We've been doing this for about an hour. So we appreciate everybody who's taking some time uh, to uh, check this out and make yourself a better, uh, better football official as we go along. So I'm going to say thank you to all our uh, viewers out there, uh, all our helpers, our contributors. There's uh, Mr. Billica. Mike, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Hey, great place tonight. Great discussion. Uh, definitely taking some nuggets home from this uh, session for sure. Thanks for having me. Well, we're, we're glad to have you as always, Mike. And then uh, Mr. Robert Yabara. I'll tell you what, any, uh, any last minute questions or anything we got to go over? No, everyone's actually, you know, feel blessed that they were able to talk football here in the spring of 2022, which is outstanding. And just another shout out to Brian out in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, for helping us with that uh, more clear definition on the quarterback being or the passer being able to throw the ball legally out of bounds. So well, you know we're going to be leaning on him. I'm going to be leaning on Brian here as we get through. We get a little bit closer to the season. So I'm Bill Lamagne. Bill, uh, appreciate you taking some time. We're looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Yeah, that's not going to be far away, but yeah, it was fun to do tonight. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, thank everybody for being here. Thank everybody watching. I'm Tim Keefer from MyBTOnline.com. We appreciate it. We appreciate your uh, your patronage, your subscribers. We love it. And uh, you can always email me, Tim at MyBTMedia.com, if you want you know, any questions or comments or anything like that. So, thanks for being here. We'll be back next month. Look for our emails. We'll tell you when, how, you know, where, when, all that fun stuff. Until then, we will catch you next time right here at MyBTOnline.com. See you, folks.